you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. So glad you are with us today. Uh, I am your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson. And I am joined each and every week by my tremendously talented co-host, who also happens to be our founder and editor-in-chief, and that would be one Rick Stevens. Hey, how are you? Uh, we're almost through the first week of hockey. And it's been pretty good. I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, that's true, too. My body is... Non-stop hockey. Non-stop hockey. Uh, and my body is not reacclimated to sports media schedules. <laughs> Every night, it's it's Tired. it's a lot of it's a lot of work to put this together. Um, it is. It's and not fun. just the top, not just the podcast, but no, 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 but no, just, just media, sports media coverage uh-huh. in general. Put the games, watching the games, uh, putting together the articles, um, game previews, game recaps, all of that. Press mm-hmm. conferences to attend, game day skate press conferences to attend, post game press conferences to to attend. Did I tell you about the, the inquiry I got? Inquiry? It was uh, on our Instagram account and somebody said, you know what? I, I, I just picked up a hobby during the pandemic. I, oh. Yeah, I, I picked up a, a hobby. I, I, I kind of like sports. I figured out I kind of like sports and, okay. and I kind of like interviewing my friends. And so yeah. um, can you get me a press box seat? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Bless their little heart. <laughs> oh, how long you been at this? Oh, <laughs> when did you graduate? Friends, let's just all file that into how exactly not to get into sports media. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really just as simple as that. I really like I totally just get up in the morning and I just, you know, I like asking people questions and I think that's what's going to qualify me. Sorry. Valley Girl just had to come out there for a second. No, no I, it's, and I, I'm get, not, I and, get everybody has a phone. Everybody has uh, a, a social media account and they think that's all it takes. But um, it takes a long time and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of miles and it takes quite a bit a of money tra- and it takes training working and, for free or work, you know, um, and building credibility uh Mm -hmm. whether whether you're doing it as as uh, an individual or or uh, a company and um, it takes an awful lot of time and effort and money and and the thing is that once you get through that and once once you've 
built your connections and um, you know earned your chops, it's it's a pretty satisfying thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if um, you were just being handed it for no particular reason, you probably wouldn't appreciate it as much as as uh, as we do. Probably not. It takes a lot of education and training too. It really does. Um, you know, it's just like any other industry in the world. Gotta kind of most of the time you have to start from the bottom, work your way up. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, like, I'm I think most people know this, but for me, like, this you know, this is Rick's full time full time gig. He's he's the founder and editor in chief of Rocket Sports Media, and that means all of our websites and all of our podcasts and all of our our fantastic team. And so that's a full time job for him. I cover two teams and produce this podcast for Rocket Sports Media, but this isn't even my full-time job. I have my own full-time job, um, and this is on top of it. And and everyone on our team also has their own regular full-time mm-hmm. gig, um, whether it even whether it's being a student and having a part-time job or or having your own full-time career and those. So you know, it's a lot of work. And uh, I have to, I guess, first thing I will do, uh, and and I'm, we're going to talk about the team a little bit here later in the show. Um, but the first thing I will do to kick off this shortened NHL season is tip my hat to all of my fellow teammates here at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, we've, again, not going to go into detail right now, because we've got some content things we want to talk to you about later on in the show. But it's just been a really great week, and I'm really proud of everyone on the team. Uh, everyone is really kind of kicking butt and taking names um, and doing a lot of great work. So it's a privilege. <laughs> it's a privilege, and no one, no one. And listen, I, I, I should say, um, if if uh, you've discovered a hobby and you want to um, a fan blog, if you want a, a fan podcast, that's a whole different kettle of fish, and. and uh, Go ahead, more. You're you're not going to find your way into um, an NHL press box that way, um, but but having a um, you know a uh, new media organization and putting out a professional product is um, is something we do. Mm-hmm. We're quite proud of it. It's taken us a long time to build, and um, so the kind of people that we recruit for um, our organization might be uh, just a little bit different. So we will, I, I will just put one, didn't, this actually wasn't on the agenda to get, to get on this tangent, but it's a, it's a good, it was a, it was a good topic to hit on. Um, so I'll just put this punctuation mark on the end of it by saying, if you or someone you know uh, is in school for sports journalism or uh, wants to get involved in sports media and um, has a little bit of background or, or wants to write or... Um, you know, those types of things, if you want to start to kind of dip a toe into sports media, we are always looking for contributors. And that could be anyone from graphic designers to writers to, um, you know, folks podcast help, producers, podcast producers, folks helping us produce uh, each week's podcasts and things. So if you're interested or you know someone who is and would like to get some experience, uh, be sure um you know, you, you reach out to us. If you go to um, either the Rock Sports Media website or even ahlreport.com or allhabs.net, you will find a Join Our Team tab on those websites. Um, and that's the best place to go if you'd like to um, put your name in the, in the ring uh, for consideration to join the team. So we encourage people to do that. 
Mm. Uh, today, however, we do have uh, a packed show because, believe it or not, finally, after like 10 months, we have actual hockey to talk about. Actual hockey. And, uh, you know, you saw, you saw the title of this week's episode. It's Celebrations and Controversies. And that's, we're not even seven days into the season. And it was chock full of celebrations and controversies. So in our first segment, of course, we always focus on the Canadians and the Flyers and their respective prospects. Uh, So we will touch briefly on how the Habs and how the Flyers have done in their opening games of the season. Uh, Talk a little bit uh, for the Habs about Alexander Romanoff. Uh, For the Flyers, Morgan Frost made his debut. uh, So talk a little bit about him as well. Uh, In addition, there is some news coming out of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms um, organization with some player signings that we'll also make note of as well. And then in the second segment, we go around the AHL. uh, And one of the big things as we're getting closer and closer to that February 5th start date, um, players are really starting to make their voice heard and members of the media are starting to pay attention to the the really dire financial situation that not just the teams, but also the players uh, may be finding themselves in, uh, if not already, then this coming year. And they're starting to make some some voices heard on those opinions and and those topics. So we'll talk a little bit about that um, and a couple of other notes as we're starting to get towards that potential starting date for the AHL. And then finally, in the third segment, we go beyond the AHL um, and cue up the theme music because we have finally reached... For now, the end of the Trois-Rivières saga. We have news for you today. The the final chapter in the book has finally been published. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tell you about that today. And then, as I as I mentioned, we just it's a new season, and so we just want to make sure you're aware of all of the great things that uh, the Rocket Sports Media team has to offer. We've got some new content that rolled out this week. Uh, that's going to start to be a regular thing that we want to make you aware of. And um, also, we have a very special feel-good finale today uh, in relation to all of that. So hmm. we've got a lot to talk about. It's pretty exciting. I don't even have time for a national day, which is one of my favorite days, National Popcorn Day. Today, I just messaged our uh, listener, Kathy, to tell her about that it wasn't National Cherry Pie Day, but it is National Popcorn Day today. On my birthday, she sent me a message that said, may you enjoy a day of no National Pie Days. (laughs) (laughs) She knows. She knows. I, I'm, you know, there's many things I miss about being in an arena, mm-hmm. the sound of the puck on the boards, the, the, the chill in the air, all of those things. But Smell of the ice, sound of the Zamboni. All of that. Yeah. But the, um, the arena popcorn. <laughs> I also miss the soft pretzels at the PPL Center. Mm. PPL Center has really good pop, uh, soft pretzels. And there's varying degrees of, of bad to good popcorn, but um, somehow I find a way to eat eat it anyway at whatever arena <laughs> whatever we're in. Whatever it is. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the Habs and Flyers and the rest of the NHL were certainly busy this past week. Uh, both, um, let's see, the Habs, have they played three games or four games? I've my, my literally... 
life is a blur for me right now. Um, the what? Habs have played three games. They have. Yes. And As so have has, the Flyers. Okay. That's right. Ooh, I'm telling you people, I have overslept twice in the last five days. That's how tired I am. I slept right through my alarm twice. Uh, yes. So the Habs and the Flyers have each played three games. Um, they both won two of their games and lost one game. Uh, the Habs lost losing their uh, season opener against Toronto in overtime. Um, the Flyers having a, oh, just a pathetic showing last night uh, against the Buffalo Sabres and got absolute just absolutely trounced. Um, well, let's let's start just with a little bit of a recap on the Montreal side of things, Rick. Um, they started off the season with with those uh, the the game against Toronto um, and a very disappointing overtime loss. Uh, you know, big energy with with a big rival and so forth. But things really picked up for them uh, once they headed to Edmonton. Two games in Edmonton, uh, and where they sit now is with five points. They have yet to lose in um, regulation, same as Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary and Montreal being the only two uh, teams in the North without a regulation loss. Um, and as I said in in um, my my game recap, which is my game recaps are not necessarily about the game, but look at bigger pic- picture issues. Um, I said last night, and you can find it on allhabs.net, that it's really the opening season is about uh, tests, uh, evaluations, and uh, Mark Bergevin before the season said he really liked his team on paper, but um, with any team, um, with any season, uh, you have to see how, how things play out. So, um, there was the test of uh, the special teams. Uh, the Canadians were... Disappointing in special teams last season, uh, so there was the test to see how those would look uh, against the the uh, the number one power play of last season, the Edmonton Oilers. They um, they were perfect. Uh, Edmonton went zero for ten in the two game series. Uh, the Canadians are scoring power play goals. Um, the rookie defenseman um, Romanov, Alexander Romanov, is looking. As advertised, backup goaltending, Jake Allen in last night. Um, if not for Jonathan Duran, may may have had a, mm-hmm. a shutout. Um, they're finding scoring from from uh, all uh, from from the defense, from from the forwards, uh, from the younger forwards, from the uh, the older players. Um, there's, there's, uh, seems to be a balanced set of top nine forwards. So, so far as, as they're encountering the tests or comparing to how they are on paper, uh, they've been, and that's not to say that, that there aren't still questions, uh, about the lineup. There aren't still questions about, uh, how this is going to play out for them. But so far as the tests have been coming up, they've been, uh, they've been answering the bell. It's been really good, um, and the the I, I guess I should first apologize to Jake Allen because I might have been responsible. I, I yes, there was a little you said mistake the word by Joanne. No, I didn't. I am vehemently against that. However, um, the Flyers played earlier in the evening last night, and I finished up my Flyers coverage, finished up post game press conference, finished up my recap published the recap for the Flyers game. Um, and then 
finally was able to turn my attention to the Habs game. And I sent you a message to say, so how's Jake Allen been doing? <laughs> and literally <laughs> yeah. three seconds yeah. later, yeah. the puck went in. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, sorry. That's true. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jake Allen. True story. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to at all. I felt so terrible, and um, but I laughed very heartily because I was like, "Okay, I, never mind." I retract my question. <laughs> not that that was not that it was Jake Allen's fault uh, on that goal at all, but it was just um, bad timing. Um, the other big highlight was, of course, um, one very young defenseman on the back end for the Habs got his first NHL goal. Um, it's a really, really exciting moment for Alexander Romanov. Um, and we'll just solidify this for everyone. It's Romanov, according to the official NHL pronunciation guide downloaded from the NHL. It is Romanov. I know that was, <laughs> that was a point of controversy um, last night. Um but it's a big deal for Alexander Romanov. He was very excited. He has been absolutely um endearing in his two press oh, availabilities yeah. that he's had uh his his command of english uh he's he's got a, a pretty good grasp of english it doesn't come easily for him but he his english is very good um so expressing himself particularly when he's excited uh is, is a little is a little difficult because he's you know got all of these emotions but he doesn't have all of the big adjectives to to describe things but he's just always got this beaming smile on his face uh and i really enjoyed last night that he said that um he feels like th that that we're playing like a team we're playing like a family like a family um and i was like okay how old is this kid like that's like the sound bite of of the month. Um, I also really enjoyed that during his his initial press availability, when um, you know someone asked if if his if his parents had if he had talked to his parents after his first game after his NHL debut, he said, "Oh yes, you know I, I talked to my parents and and yes they watched the game they they said it was it was good it was it was nice and." Um, and it will be, and 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 the next one will be better, or something. Something to it that. It was effect. a good start. It was a good start. Yeah, now, I mean, he got an assist in in that in his very first game, <laughs> but uh, they were waiting for a goal, so they must have been thrilled last night. Yeah, uh, getting his his first goal. He's uh, he's delightfully transparent. He's he uh -huh. he's careful choosing his words. Uh, but that's because he's trying to find the right word, not 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 careful, trying to be cautious when he speaks and. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to he's going to lose a lot of that charm mm -hmm. because he's going to start learning um, cliches and <laughs> exactly. hockey jargon and <laughs> and uh, realizing that that uh, it's just safer to to speak that way. Uh, but for now, um, uh, he's he's been absolutely delightful, as you said in in the media availability he had on on Friday and and then uh, post game last night. Yeah, he's he's been great. You know, it's. Rick, it's a, it's a it's a it's a really pleasant situation. There's so many times that, um, particularly in in the Montreal market, that a young prospect gets hyped up and hyped up and hyped up over the course of days, weeks, months, sometimes even years, um, and all of the hype doesn't necessarily equal what's happening on the ice when when they finally get their moment but um 
Alexander Romanov has been a breath of fresh air um, because he's so far, he's he's exactly as he's been billed. Um, he seems really calm. He seems to fit right in. Um, obviously, he's young, so he still has adjustments to make and he still has a lot to learn. But um, he's he you can see him focusing on the ice. He makes good decisions. Um, he's got a shot. And, uh, you know, I, what are your overall thoughts after seeing him, him play in, in three games? Um, just in general, your, your reaction to his, his first couple of games in the NHL and, and comparing that to, to how much he's been, uh, hyped up. Well, um, it, it can be, it can be dizzying, uh, to make the jump from, uh, the AHL, let's say to, uh, the Na- National League, because things happen quicker. And, and not only, it's not necessarily um, having to um, skate quicker or, or it's making decisions quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the part that, and, and he said, um, you know, thinking back to his first shift, um, he, he didn't know where he was. It, it, it was, was so just fast. all just spinning, yeah. happening around yeah. him. Now, it didn't look that way, but to him, that's what it felt like. Um, but he's he's able to make decisions uh, at pace, and um, and that comes from him playing in the men's league in in the KHL, and um, and that experience has has done well for him. Um, he's not played mistake free hockey, and he's not no. going to, and Mm-mm. and still some patience is going to be required, and uh, some of this this uh, floating in this enthusiastic bubble are going to, um, you know, diminish over time. And, and he's going to make a mistake that's going to cost uh, his team. And we'll see how he deals with that. We'll see how the fans deal with that. But so far, yes, he's, he's, he skates well, he's mobile, he's willing to be physical, he's willing to block shots, he's, he's um, uh, being a very good teammate, he's working very hard. Um, and, um, and, and his enthusiasm has been, um, infectious so far. So, uh, it's been a great start for him. Um, again, like we do always, we'll preach, uh, um, you know, patience and caution and, and, uh, that, um, that, that let's, let's not overhype him. Let's, uh, because they're, you know, we've, we've, we've seen that, um, you know, he's, He's dealing with uh, language issues, which he's mm-hmm. been helped, uh, he said, uh, by Brett Kulak. Um, he's dealing with uh, cultural issues and being in a new country and a different ice surface and a different speed of the game. And so there's a lot of things that he's adjusting to. Um, and, and uh, you know, so far, so good. We just... We just wish him well, but uh, you know, people are already talking about Calder and those kind of things. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just get him, let him get his feet wet first. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of of hard work, uh, what a what a start to the year and and kind of continuation from the return to play that Jake Evans is having. Um, we were, you know, we remember from last year, Jake didn't have uh, a tremendous start to the season. Uh, he didn't it, he didn't really find his footing right away um dealt with some confidence issues uh in the AHL season early on because he was getting his role wasn't 
quite clear. Uh, he was being shuffled around the lineup a lot, sometimes would find himself lower in the lineup. Um, and, and you could tell that from a confidence perspective, it was really, uh, it was part of that mental game that was really uh, challenging for him. And something turned around for him. He worked really hard. He was given more responsibility as his confidence grew, and that in turn gave him more confidence, and that in turn earned him more responsibility as as he continued to produce and get better. And then we saw in the return to play, uh, you know, he made a, a significant positive impact. And so far, this uh, in this short season, he had an excellent training camp, made the opening night roster, and Rick, he certainly looks very appropriate and right at home there on the fourth line. I'll agree, but for the first game, Jake Evans was a disaster. Well, okay. In the first game. <laughs> okay. I'll give you he, that. He, he did not have a good first effort and, and his ice time reflected that he couldn't win a face off. Uh, he struggled all night with, with, uh, and, and, you know, that's, what's going to happen. Um, Could be nerves. In, in, well, in his role, uh, he was sent out there. Uh, Claude Julien didn't have any way to protect him, uh, not having the last change. And Sheldon Keefe took advantage, sending out uh, mm-hmm. their top lines against him uh, whenever, uh, whenever uh, he could. And and it was a it was a tough game. But uh, this goes back to you know things we've talked about uh, about the AHL before about you know every most players can score in junior in college hockey. Uh, but, uh, you know, realize what you have in front of you, the players you're, you're going to be competing with and, um, and, and, and pick a talent, uh, pick, pick a speciality. Uh, and Jake Evans learned how to penalty kill. And, uh, so after his, his, uh, first game against the Leafs, um, his, uh, the, the next game, the Saturday night game against Edmonton, he was very, very good. He won 50% of his face-offs. He um, um, had four shots on goal. He was in, involved in some very good penalty killing. And again, last, last night in the second Edmonton game, he was excellent uh, on the penalty kill. Um, and so, you know, that's a way where, where you can, you can feel useful to the team. Um, you can, you can uh, find a way of, of contributing in special ways, even when you're not getting a lot of, uh, even ice minutes, um, even strength minutes. Um, uh, he was able to, to then get some confidence from that. And he, he was, he has been, much, much better. And as you said, he had a good training camp. So did Ryan Paling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both did. Um, Claude Julian at this point, a little more comfortable with Jake. And and so even after uh, maybe a disappointing performance uh, first game, he was back in there and uh, and and was rewarded with more ice time. And he, he's been very, very good the, la- the two games against Edmonton. And I will say uh, quickly here to wrap this up before we move on to the Flyers, uh, I will give credit to Claude Julien for that point that you just made. Um, young player, um, Jake Evans, maybe not such a great start with that first game. And instead of benching him, throwing him to the taxi squad and calling up Paling or something like that, gave him a little bit of leash and put him back out there second game and third game. And as you said, he has progressively uh, improved over the last uh, couple of games from that first game. So appreciate that. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of progression on Claude, Claude Julian's part, that, that understanding that um, sometimes his younger players are, are going to make mistakes and that uh, give them a chance to write 
to to right the wrongs um, and and maybe they'll it'll pay dividends and in this case it has so far. Switching gears over to South Philly and Broad Street, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, started their season with two back-to-back home games against the cross-state rivals, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And boy, uh, did they have uh, Philly fans absolutely pumped up, um, just absolutely trounced the Penguins 6-3 to on the first game, 5-2 to on the second game. Um, to score 11 goals in two nights against the Penguins is a, is a big deal. For the Flyers, um, again, kind of like what Rick was just mentioning about Montreal, uh, that special teams uh, not necessarily great last year. Um, Flyers fans, of course, know that the power play was abysmal for uh, Philadelphia last year, and they started off their year with uh, a couple of power play goals, um, really kind of uh, inspired by a new defenseman Eric Gustafson. Um, and so power play seems to be clicking. Um, the forwards are going along well. Um, last night was a train wreck. Uh, it was their third game in a four-game homestand. This time uh, it was the first half of a back-to-back against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, Sean Couturier, of course, going out with uh, an injury uh, after two shifts in Saturday night's game. He has a, a rib separation. Uh, it's going to the cartilage uh, against his ribs. There's a bit of a separation. So he's going to be out for a couple of weeks and it's difficult to lose your Selkie winner. Um, when, when you've got a pretty solid four lines of forwards, but your defense core is just okay. Uh, that means you really need to have good uh, defensive offense on those top four, on those four lines. Uh, and losing Couturier, uh, they did, you know, still manage to come out and win on Saturday night, even after losing him. But last night against Buffalo, it was terrible. Um, they rematched tonight. We'll see uh, if they can rebound. Av uh, Elaine Vigneault said last night in the postgame presser that he certainly believed. He said, "If you were a player or a coach, which I am, one of those, you were, you're embarrassed." about tonight's game, but thankfully we get to come right back out tomorrow and and play the way we're supposed to. So um, Brian Elliott slated to be in net tonight, even though he uh, did go in in relief of Carter Hart last night. Um, but Rick, the big things, uh, you know, on a, on a prospect side of things, um, the one bright spot of losing Sean Couturier to injury means that someone had to be called up from the taxi squad and that someone was Morgan Frost. Uh, he's another one who we know last year was a roller coaster for Morgan Frost, back and forth between the NHL and the AHL a, a number of times. Um, he also struggled with that mental aspect of getting sent down, getting called up, getting sent down, getting called up. Um, knew that there were specific things that he needed to work on, particularly um, his his defensive play, uh, his play away from the puck and winning board battles. Um, Morgan Frost in the offseason has obviously worked on all of that, uh, has had a tremendous training camp and slotted right in for Sean Couturier um, and even taking his spot on the power play and um, looked pretty good. He was, he was uh, you know, as Vigneault said after the game, making good decisions, he was, you know, doing the right things. So uh, it's a it could be an opportunity for for a young player like Morgan Frost. And as you said, it was it was difficult for Morgan um, uh, last year, who had a pretty good uh, he had twenty games uh, with the Flyers. 
last year, uh, 41 with, with the Phantoms, but but seemed his, whether it was his, his mindset or his rhythm, um, it, it seemed that it got uh, disrupted each time um, he he went up or down. It took him a couple of days to adjust, and and uh, but now, um, well, it's only one game with the Flyers, but uh, but looked pretty good. Absolutely, um, should be interesting for that game tonight. Could get a little chippy. Um, they staved off getting shut out uh, when Nick Abe Kubel uh, got a very late goal in the third period, and immediately after that earned himself a double minor for high sticking, which looked more kind of like a punch to the face um, of of one of the Buffalo players. Um, so he got a double minor for that, which <laughs> Buffalo, of course, scored on the ensuing power play. Um, but Albe Kubel was also fined additionally today by NHL player safety um, for roughing. Uh, actually, it was against Rasmus Dallin. Um, and allegedly... Um, Coaching staff and and players and so forth in Buffalo felt that there should have been supplementary discipline as well. So um, we'll see if those tensions boil over tonight with the fact that there wasn't a suspension handed down. Um, and that well, of course, there was a question mark in the Habs game last night too as to whether or not Brendan Gallagher would get uh, get a second look at the the late hit that he put uh, on Darnell Nurse, but nothing came of that either. Um, we did call this so so some a couple of controversies as I said the title of this week's show is celebrations and controversies and of course the biggest controversy of all uh, came straight out of Broad Street and the Wells Fargo Center uh, on Saturday night when uh, Jake Voracek stepped up to the microphone in the post game press conference you've all heard the clip by now uh, hopefully you've heard the unedited version this is a family show so we're not going to play it um, but. Um, was asked a question by a Philadelphia Inquirer columnist uh, who apparently, it's a long convoluted story of, of things and opinions and, and takes that this columnist has written over the past months and couple of years regarding Jake Voracek. Um, and uh, he kind of took, a, Voracek took the opportunity to take his aggression out, expletive-filled response, uh, ending it with, I wasn't really going to answer your question because you're, such a weasel, it's not even funny. So, um, allegedly, I haven't seen any official reports, but one of the beat reporters out of Philadelphia, Sam Carcitti, did report that allegedly the league reached out to Voracek uh, just to slap him on the back of the hand and say, no, no, let's not be too human. Let's let's <laughs> let's go back to the canned hockey responses. Um, there's plenty of opinions, uh, and I will simply say... I agree with um, both Brian Burke and Elliot Friedman broke this down nicely on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, and I agree with them that if you're going to dish it out as a reporter, then you better be prepared to take it. If, if you're if you're not a straight reporter, that you are that you're an analyst or you you do editorial type stuff, um, you're going to rub players the wrong way. And you just you need to be prepared that they're going to dish it back out to you. I don't, to me, it's a non-issue. It's Jake being Jake. Um, I'm not really all that concerned about it. Um, it's kind of, it was, you know, everybody kind of danced around him a little bit then after that. But um, for me, it was more entertaining watching Travis Konechny trying to hold it <laughs> hold it together. Um, 
because they were doing their press availability at the same time. And I thought TK was going to choke on the water that he was sipping uh, when the first F-bomb dropped. And he turned and looked at um, Joe Sevilla, <laughs> the PR guy off to the left of him like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, plenty of controversy. Very fun. You know, I'm of two minds of this. I just, I would say that um, it's not a good look for Jake Voracek. Um, it's, uh, he has, he has more eyeballs on him and, and, and that it was so contrived. It, it, it wasn't anything that's happened anywhere recently. Uh, it wasn't an emotional time. It wasn't, it was obviously planned. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think it's the kind of thing that, uh, Jake Borachek wants to be known for if he considers himself, uh, one of the, the Flyers leaders. Uh, and it's, it's not necessarily the kind of behavior that you want your leaders modeling, uh, to the younger players. So, um, you know, he is a peculiar character. Um, he is, he is, um, I remember years ago um, when when he when the move was made, and I said you're really going to like. I, I sent you a message saying you're really yeah. going to like Voracek, and and uh, I like him as as his hockey skills. Um, I, yeah, th- this I, I I don't I don't I I, I see why it happened, um, but I I think uh, it's better um, it, it's better that it doesn't happen uh, too many times again. Maybe not too many times, but I'm not going to cry about it if if it does. Um, you know, these guys, I can't, I can't, I I understand there needs to be a modicum of professionalism um, in in these types of situations, but um, you know, and and certainly there's been plenty of of stories that have come out about players and reporters who have there's been a beef and a, and perhaps a player has has pulled a reporter aside after after a practice or something like that and had a chit chat and, and just cleared the air and whatnot. Um, who knows why this wasn't addressed beforehand um, any time in the last year or so. Um, although, you know, with, with COVID there hasn't been probably as many opportunities to do so, whatever the case may be. Um, it's a little, probably the, the, the profanity could have been toned down a little bit, but I'm also all for players speaking their mind as well um so we will see uh we'll see how soon uh Voracek is made available for a post-game press conference again <laughs> we'll we'll see how soon that 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 happens um okay with that uh we will I should mention uh, before we wrap this segment game day previews for the Canadians and game recaps for the canadians make sure you're following at all habs that's where you can find rick uh, and that is where you will get the game day previews and the game recaps for all of montreal canadians games uh for the flyers uh your game day preview articles and your game recaps uh you'll want to be following at the flyers report on twitter and that's where you will get all of your uh game related content. So be sure you're following at all Habs and at the Flyers report. Right now we are going to take a quick break and on the other side we're going to go around the AHL and talk a little bit about um, some concerns that uh, American League players are already expressing uh, regarding the finances in this upcoming season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. 
The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Thanks so much for joining us again. My name is Amy Johnson, your host uh, and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. Um, also, be sure, we mentioned in the last segment uh, for Habs fans and Flyers fans, the, the Twitter handles to, to follow on Twitter uh, to make sure that you get your game day content, your previews and your recaps and and live tweets and so forth. Um, But we also want to remind you just in general to be sure you're following at the AHL report. And that way you will also um, be sure to get all of our content that comes out at AHLreport.com, whether um, it's game-related information or news articles or um, Chris... um, Chris G. usually has uh, his notepad uh, column regarding the Laval Rocket, uh, and they'll be coming back soon. So uh, be sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, Now, in this segment, we go around the AHL, and one of the big things, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the start of uh, that, that, that target start date of February 5th for the American Hockey League. Uh, In fact, a week ago, once... um, training camps for the NHL finished, uh, there are a number of teams around the AHL who immediately started their training camps. In fact, um, the San Diego Gulls and San Jose Barracuda are playing their first preseason game tonight. Um, They are going to, it's at nine o'clock Eastern. They're going to stream it on YouTube. And so, uh, of note for the San Diego Gulls is Trevor Zegras, uh, who just had a spectacular World Junior Championship for Team USA. Um, 
Jamie Drysdale's playing on on that team as well. So the the Gulls and the Barracuda are already playing a preseason game tonight, and this was actually postponed for a couple of days um, due to to COVID protocols, just out of safety. So um, it's it's happening. You see uh, the Laval Rocket already starting to put out some, uh, you know, they're they're generating some interest, getting the fans to to pay attention a little bit again. Uh, if if you if you saw our Habs Happenings article last week, uh, Caden Primo has a has revealed his new mask for the Rocket for this season, um, and uh, so lots of lots of things ramping up. Um, but there are still a lot of things to figure out, Rick. Uh, all of the logistics, the the schedule matrix hasn't come out yet. It was supposed to maybe come out last week. Uh, we still, so we still don't have a schedule. We still don't know what the divisions are exactly going to be. Um, we can probably pretty much guesstimate that there'll be another Canadian division like there is in the NHL. Um, so many things to, to factor in and figure out, but now you add on top of that, the layer that the, the players are, some of the players are starting to make their voices heard about concerns they have about the financial viability of this season and what protections are going to be in place uh, for for them. Um, you passed along to me a, a great article by Larry Brooks in the New York Post that goes into this in quite detail in quite a bit of detail. Uh, our friend Patrick Williams, who was recently on the show a couple of weeks ago to talk about the restart of the AHL season, um, has also put out. He's been, I guess, hearing from a lot of players, and and a lot of them are saying, you know, what am I supposed to do? We haven't been paid since since last April. Uh, how am I? supposed to come up with a security deposit to 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 rent an apartment um what am i going to do if suddenly we get four or five weeks into the season and for some reason covid shuts everything down who's who's does that leave me on the hook for the rest of my lease um these are these aren't guys that are making millions of dollars like the nhl players are um so rick it's it's a it's a bit of a, a of a different challenge uh, for these minor league players. These are serious questions. They're um, real questions. Um, but l- l- we have to be honest that that hockey players aren't uh, aren't the only ones who are facing these questions. And um, the you read the the uh, the Larry Brooks article, you hear. Um, the uh, the kinds of stories that Patrick Williams is talking about, and and there's there's struggle, there's there's some real struggle going on, um, but it's not isolated. Uh, no. You know, everybody in our in our two countries uh, and around the world are struggling every single day, and um, uh, so uh, there there aren't simple, straightforward solutions here, and I think that that the Larry Brooks um, article seems to imply that there are, um, oh, just somebody throw some money at this, you know, $10 million would make a big, big difference. Uh, the difficulty is that, um, that, that we heard from Gary Bettman that uh, the, the league is, is spilling, the NHL is, is spilling a lot of money and mm-hmm. it's not, it's not millions, it's billions that they're losing. Uh, by playing, uh, why are they doing that? They're they're doing that for the uh, the 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 viability of their league because they hope that uh, with the continuity that it will bring 
TV money from a, a new U.S. contract uh, in the future. Um, but are they are they able to solve the problems of everybody? Um, n- no, it's 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 difficult. Um, now you know there, there's been. Um, entitled players who have been talking about uh, when they were in the bubble, oh my God, I was forced to eat steak five nights in a row. That This is inhuman. Um, yeah, it's not that. Those kind of comments. <laughs> and and so so the, the general public out there is, is on the fence. They want to see their hockey, uh, but we get comments all the time uh, to uh, by, via text on our, our social media platforms saying, why are they playing? They shouldn't be playing at all. Um, and so I think that, that the folks in the AHL, and this, if it's tough in the AHL, it's even worse in the ECHL. And we right. know that quite a number of teams aren't playing. This, isn't, this is something where everybody's going to have to, um, you know, not get what they're, they're used to getting, not have what they're used to getting. Uh, just like the rest of us have had to cut back and to struggle, um, we're all going to have to do that. I feel I feel terribly because we know um, players, uh, we know their personal situations in both the AHL and the ECHL, and it's it's terrible. Uh, but there isn't a simple solution to this, and and it's going to take everybody uh, so that fans don't get uh, turned off. Uh, by by you know players players in a in a better situation than they are uh, begging for money. Absolutely. Now, to, just to put some of this in in context, because you're thinking, okay, but they're they're in the AHL, they're playing professional hockey, they're making a decent amount of money, right? Well, when you consider that most, um, and I'm and I'm taking, I, I'm using Larry Brooks's article to help uh, explain this a little bit, but. A traditional two-way contract, and and there's plenty of players in the AHL. A, a, a good portion of them are on two-way contracts. Um, those players are probably when they're playing in the AHL, they're making between a lot of them are making between seventy and eighty thousand dollars a year. So now um, there is not an agreement between the PHPA, which is the Professional Hockey Players Association, and the AHL regarding what they're going to be paid for a prorated contract because this is going to be a shortened season and every team is going to play a different amount of games. And so the example that that Brooks has in his article is say, okay, let's say if let's just say for instance a player's pay is strictly prorated. If a player is on a a team that plays 24 games this season and it's a player who typically uh, whose contract is for $70,000, they would get a grand total of twenty thousand four hundred eighty-seven dollars before taxes. Um, you know, if, if they're one of the forty-two game teams, you're looking at about thirty-five thousand dollars. So that that's a very real number that a lot of people can relate to. Um, Larry Landon, who is the executive director of the PHPA, uh, has a quote saying, "There's no one to blame, um, but I hope that the NHL and the NHLPA understand." how dire the situation is at this point. Uh, He says, quote, these players are maxed out on their credit lines. They've piled up debts since the end of last season, and they're fearful of what awaits them. Um, And, and as you say, Rick, this is, it's, it's unfortunate. um, And it is exactly what most people 
are experiencing uh, is as a result of this pandemic. There are millions of people around the world. There's millions of people just in North America alone uh, who are struggling with this kind of reality now. Um, it is absolutely gut-wrenching to see that it is affecting uh, the, the, the people who play uh, this sport that we all love so much. But there is, as Rick said, there is not uh, a simple solution, and it's not as easy as waving a wand and throwing money at it as 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 much as we'd love for that to happen. So, um, again, it's going to be. I I we've seen estimations that once all of those once once all of the logistics get put into place, we may see another big contingent of players just opt out because it's not going to be financially viable for them and their families. Um, but those are the kind of considerations, the same kind of considerations that players are making to opt out, franchises are making, That's and right. they will opt out. And some have, and, and we may see more if this gets, um, if this gets more dire. So um, the, the money isn't, isn't sitting there in a big pot. It comes, no. from, it comes from the people who listen to this podcast. It comes from fans. That's where the money is generated from. Um, you out there don't have it uh, and and aren't in the buildings and aren't watching games so the teams don't have it so they can't give it to to the players um, so it's 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 a difficult situation all around and I think um, that um, I understand uh, the situation the players are in I think if this gets pushed too hard more and more franchises are going to say we just can't do this we can't afford to do this right and it's it's Particularly if things end up being volatile with COVID nineteen, uh, we see we're not even a week into the NHL season, and already we have a game postponement tonight. the The Canes and the Pre the Hurricanes and the Predators will not play their game tonight uh, because their uh, a COVID nineteen safety issue has cropped up today, and so we and the Dallas games were postponed. And the Dallas games, Dallas hasn't even started playing yet. They're not going to start until this this week. Um, so you're already seeing that effect happening on the NHL. It's going to be magnified so much more if and when that starts happening once the AHL gets underway as well. So as we've said all along, the situation with the American Hockey League is going to be a, an exceptionally bumpy one this year. Uh, these last couple of weeks leading up to uh, every team getting training camps underway and trying to get that that first puck drop on opening night for the season for the league um, underway is, is going to be a tense one. And we'll see what kind of uh, facts develop and and what logistics get put into place what the protocols are going to be um at this point we've actually uh, we've reached out to both um the the media correspondents for the laval rocket and the lehigh valley phantoms uh they you know the teams don't even have there's so many logistics that need to be worked out and and one of those is media protocols um so media protocols haven't been set for ahl teams yet either so we're all kind of just waiting on pins and needles to find out what this next season is going to look like um one thing i should mention uh forgot to mention it in our first segment um was that uh the lehigh valley phantoms actually uh, made four player signings this week um Brought in two goaltenders, uh, that would be Eamon McAdam and Zane McIntyre, who was a former AHL All-Star. And they also brought in two forwards, Ryan Fitzgerald and Tanner McMaster, um, all of which, all of whom have AHL experience. Uh, McAdam 
uh, has played for the Toronto Marlies and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, also um, played for uh, Providence, I believe. Um, Zane uh, Zane McIntyre played started the season last year with the Utica Comets and then got dealt to the Binghamton Devils right before the trade deadline. Um, he actually, PPL Center fans, will, Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans will have seen him before. Uh, he was an AHL All-Star the year that the Phantoms and the PPL Center hosted the All-Star game. Um, he was uh, representing the Providence Bruins while he was there. Um, Fitzgerald, also has spent the last three seasons with the Providence Bruins. He happens to also be the son of New Jersey Devils GM Tom Fitzgerald, uh, former NHLer with over a thousand career NHL games. Uh, and the last one is Tanner McMaster. This is his third AHL season. He has previously played with the Utica Comets and the Toronto Marlies. So four players that rounds out the uh, the goaltending situation with Kirill Ustamenko out for the season after uh, having surgery that left Felix. Sandstrom uh, kind of by himself in the AHL uh, due to Alex Lyon being on the taxi squad. So this fills out a little bit of uh, goaltending depth for the Phantoms uh, heading into the season. Um, One last note, Rick. um, AHL TV packages are out. All right. So if you want to get... There's a way to support the There's a way to support the The AHL. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, it's... it's become very affordable. Uh, you can sign up if you wanted to watch, if you want to subscribe for the entire season and be able to watch every single AHL team, it's only $45 period, not a month. It's $45. And that gives you all access all season long to every team. Um, but they also have all sorts of different packages. You can choose to just watch, um, one team. So if you just have one team and you want to watch all of their games, well, that's a reduced price. Or if you just want to watch one team's all of their away games, you can do that too. Or if you just want to have access for a day, you can do that. All sorts of different packages, uh, but they are now available. So head over to the AHL.com or AHL TV and sign up because you don't want to miss a minute once the American League is back in action. We are going to be back in action after one last quick break. Uh, In our last segment, we're going to go beyond the AHL. We're going to talk a little bit about Trois-Rivières, a place that I don't know that we've ever talked about very much before on this show. (laughs) Uh, You'll want to hear uh, this last chapter in the saga with with Trois-Rivières, Quebec. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. 
HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back one more time here to the Press Zone right here on AHLReport.com and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, we are so glad that you are with us today. It's been an exciting week of hockey as the NHL gets underway, and the AHL is just weeks away from coming back. Uh, and so we're glad you're here with us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, don't forget to be sure you're following us at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, if you are a Habs fan, you'll want to be following at All Habs. If you're a Flyers fan, you'll want to follow our Philadelphia Flyers account, which is at the Flyers Report. Quickly, before we go uh, to Trois-Rivières, we have a bit of breaking news out of the NHL that I that just came across my phone uh, while we're recording the show here, and uh, I thought I would share this because you know it's just it's always something. Uh, the NHL is announcing. Remember, you know, Rick, you were even talking about you know, where where's where's all this puck tracking technology and <laughs> and all of those kinds of things, right? Uh huh. Well, the NHL has announced today that effective with tonight's games. The league will be using game pucks without the embedded tracking technology. They're yanking them. The decision was made after concerns were raised about the puck's performance during the first few days of this season. And a review by the league determined that the first supply of pucks did not receive the same precise finishing treatments during the that. Uh, during the off-season manufacturing process as were used during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. It is expected that a new supply of the league's tracking pucks will be available soon, and after undergoing appropriate quality control testing, will be back in use for all games. In the interim, the league will use the official game pucks from the 2019-20 season and will continue to utilize player tracking technology for all games. The goaltenders' union has spoken. There's <laughs> way too many like goals all these. being scored. Right. I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to. Is that eight nothing game, Colorado <laughs> over St. Louis? Jordan oh. Bennington was not happy about that. No, he Mm-mm. was not. No, he was not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's the case that they're going into or what the complaint is, but there's there's some complaint about the tracking you, technology being different from a regular standard. That I guess the the finishes on the outside of the puck, it's something is is not making it perform like like a regular puck or the or the tracking pucks that they used in the playoffs. 
not quite sure why the quality control wasn't done on that before you started using them, but um, okay. We'll just put a little pause on that for now. Uh, what we are not going to put a pause on, we are going to finally stamp case closed <laughs> on this very, 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 very large file that says Trois-Rivières on it. Um, we announced a couple of weeks ago that uh, the ECHL had officially announced uh, the addition of a new club in Trois-Rivières, Quebec, as well as one in Iowa, I believe, both owned by Dean McDonald. Uh, and today, da -da -da -da, the Canadians finally made it official. They have announced a three-year affiliation with the new ECHL Trois-Rivières club, starting with the 21-22 season. Um, John Sedgwick met with the media today to talk about it and... Um, it's always nice when um, the Montreal media instead choose to ask tons of irrelevant questions aside from <laughs> aside from what the press conference is for. Um, so we got a couple of intelligent questions regarding the ECHL franchise and not arbitrary other things just because you've got access to John Sedgwick. But, you know, he, he reinforced that, you know, the proximity is right. Um, there's, it's been a number of years since the Canadians had an affiliation with an ECHL club um, and that it'll be better for player development, for loaning players, for rehabbing, uh, all of those kinds of things um, as well as, and he did admit, you know, it's also a great way to develop uh, young coaches and trainers and athletic therapists and things of that nature as well as we've, as we've talked about plenty of times. So it's finally happening. Now, listen, the, the regular Montreal beat reporter doesn't have a clue what goes on in the ECHL. Only a little bit more do they know about the AHL. So, yes, their questions, for the most part, were, were irrelevant. Mm. But that doesn't, as you said, this has been a long drama. Um, we've had twists and turns. And, and yes, we, you know, we can't survive without you for our arena. No, we don't want you. Uh, we had, we had, we had principals switching teams switching sides um it, it was uh, it was as as crazy as as um as as the drama gets for mm -hmm. for hockey professional hockey but it's done it makes sense uh, and it was the worst kept secret that the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> were the the NHL team that were looking to have uh, an affiliate close by in Trois Rivières, um, and it was clear from um, and and uh, just 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 a hint to John John Sedgwick, uh, of course VP with the Montreal Canadiens, that um, he should stop using the the, the term East Coast League. Uh, <laughs> I I I made that mistake quite early when we started covering and had my knuckles wrapped uh, because it is uh, the ECHL that uh, uh, and and it's only the ECHL. It formerly the league was known as the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, but they will tell you quite quickly that doesn't apply anymore, uh, and 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 you understand why they they've done that because mm -hmm. they've because of their expansion um, uh, across the con continent. Um, I I think what was interesting for John Sedgwick was saying that essentially. Uh, it's pretty clear they admire uh, the type of feeder system, as you as you said, that um, that the Toronto Maple Leafs have built the 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 double A triple A concept uh, borrowed from baseball, the way that um, that uh, Toronto has has uh, used 
the Newfoundland Growlers to install coaches and systems um, and, uh, and, and place players there that can graduate uh, up to uh, the Marlies and then on to, to if, you know, in the rare instance, they can go all the way from the ECHL to the NHL. Um, but they're, they're, they're building an overall product and it looks like the Canadians would like to do something quite similar to that with Trois-Rivières, with Laval, and then on to Montreal. Um, quickly before we leave this, there's plenty of times that uh, we are critical of members of the Montreal media. Um, I, and, you know, most times deservedly so. Uh, however, uh, I did want to give credit to Marc-Antoine Godin. Um, John Sedgwick is a, is a native English speaker. Um, he, he does, he is bilingual. He speaks French, but it's not his first language. Um, and it's, it, it's not a hundred percent, uh, easy for him. And I give Mark Antoine Godin a lot of credit. Uh, when it was his turn to answer, ask a question today, uh, he was the only Francophone reporter who asked his question to John in English. Yep. I thought that was, uh, a classy move. Yeah. It was very classy. It was very respectful of John Sedgwick. Um, not just, well, I'm going to ask you this question in French um, because I know you can speak French and that's what I'd prefer. It was, you're an English speaker first, so I'll ask you the question in English. And I just... And I, not only that, it's smart from a journalism point of view because, um, you know, if if the person is 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 uh, having to find their words in, in another language, they're not going to give you the, the, the full answer that, that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was smart on his part too. It was. So I just want to give, I want to give Mark Antoine Godin a, a, a tip of the hat, um, little stick tap. I, I, I was very impressed by that move, um, and, and really appreciated, uh, that, that gesture on his part. Um, okay. So it's a new hockey season, as we all know. Uh, and that means the rocket sports media team is backed uh, I mean, we never really took any time off. No. We've, <laughs> we've, been here. we've been here the whole time. As you know, the podcasts have been rolling out every week. Uh, plenty of content on the allhabs.net site and on the ahlreport.com site. Um, but now that, excuse me, now that the season is fully underway, uh, we're back to to hockey season level uh, rollouts of content. Um, and Rick, there's been, um, you know, we've had, as you say, your your game day preview articles uh, that you and Sam Gerber collaborate on, uh, your game recaps for for the Habs. Uh, those things can be found at allhabs.net. Uh, Chris G has his Habs notepad that comes out uh, at the beginning of the week. Um, so those things are, are are typical that the people can find, but there's also been a whole slate of of new content uh, that's kind of debuted during this first week uh, that I think that I think fans and and followers and readers will be pretty excited about. Well, I think there's there are things different about this season, and um, it's uh, it's taken some explanation because uh, fans in the off season always don't. Uh, uh, you know they don't stay up to date, and and so what's a taxi squad, and and how does how does this all work? Um, those kinds of things need to be explained. You had uh, a hand in putting out some news articles 
uh, um, a Habs Happenings column. Um, and, Which I'm hoping uh, to do once a week. And some some news articles as well. Um, you mentioned Chris's notepad, which is kind of a, a compilation of, of things that have happened during the week. Mm-hmm. We have our regular uh, game, uh, game previews and, and game reviews. We have our podcasts, uh, both uh, this podcast, The Press Zone, and also Canadians Connection, which comes out uh, every Saturday. Uh, Joseph, my partner on the Canadians Connection, has put out a, a new regular column, uh, and that's going to appear uh, every uh, Sunday, and it's the Canadians Three Stars of the Week, um, which is just uh, a lot of fun, and, and he's going to uh, tally up those results as the weeks go on and and have a, a Three Stars of the, the Year uh, that he's working towards. Um, as well, we're going to have some uh, cont- contributions from our, our junior hockey reporter. That was that's Mike Rashel. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, we had a we had a, a guest columnist uh, that uh, that put out a, a an article on fan expectations uh, that appeared last week. Absolutely, and it was uh, it's it's always nice to have those fresh perspectives as well. Uh, it was a, it was a fun article to read. Um, on the Flyers' sides of things, don't uh, fear not. Uh, we haven't forgotten you. Um, I've now kind of uh, started to ramp up the Flyers coverage as well. So as I said, be sure you're following at the Flyers Report on Twitter. But um, new this season, uh, we. Just like on our on the Hab side of things, we have a game day preview article which outlines everything for that night's game. Uh, that is happening uh, for f- our Flyers coverage as well. I'll be putting those out on game days as well as, of course, post game recaps. Um, for now, you if you go to theflyersreport.com, that will direct you uh, to the appropriate place uh, on our website to find those articles. Um, and uh, so you'll want to be sure you're you're heading there, theflyersreport.com, to find to find those types of things. Um, I should say um, this is and and this is a, a, a great thing to to be able to say for Rocket Sports Media is that uh, we have we have been uh, credentialed and granted um, virtual press access uh, to with with the Philadelphia Flyers this season, um, and that's a that's a pretty big deal uh, for our fans and followers. So uh, we will have great coverage for you uh, all season long that I'm pretty excited about. That's terrific. It is. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's another step forward and another, another step up for the rocket sports media team. We've been uh, providing great coverage for both of these organizations for so, so many years and uh, every little accomplishment deserves a, a, a little, um, little bit of notice. So uh, happy to say that uh, we'll, we'll be bringing great flyers coverage this year. And thank you to the flyers for putting their trust in us to do that. Um, and we've got some other content things coming uh, throughout the season that are, that are going to be new and, and exciting as well. So it's great. It is fantastic. So be sure that you're following, uh, share our articles. If uh, share, you know, share them, whether you're on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, feel free to share those and be sure you're following on, on those social media channels as well. Rick, we certainly want people to be listening to the podcasts. Um, and, the best way to do that is for them to subscribe. So what's what's the easiest way for them to subscribe to these podcasts so that they don't ever miss an episode, especially now that the season has started? 
However, you're listening to us now. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, there's a subscribe uh, button there. Just subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss an episode. It also allow you to go back and check out any episodes uh, in the past that you have missed. If you're listening uh, on our player, uh, maybe you're on your desktop or you're, um, you're in AHLReport.com, um, um, on your mobile device, you'll see a subscribe button there as well. Um, either through our player or through your, your mobile app. Best way to, to, to keep up with us is to subscribe and then uh, use that same uh, platform to share our podcast so that other people uh, can, uh, your, your friends and followers can, um, can join in too. Absolutely. And the one thing that we always make sure we do with each episode is end with our feel-good finale. We want to bring you something happy along the way. And Rick actually gave you a little teaser about it uh, just a moment ago, mentioned that special guest article that uh, we had. So Rick, I'm going to I'm gonna say, uh, I'm going to turn the feel-good finale over to you uh, because we've got a welcome to tell everyone about. That's true. And um, we started uh, the podcast by talking about a fan perspective, and um, you know, we have different uh, different contributors for different reasons, and we certainly don't want to diminish the fan component. And we've always had and encouraged uh, uh, fan uh, contributions to uh, our publications, and um, for I guess six and a half years or thereabouts, our fan contributor uh, was a person by the name of Caitlin Gollum tremendous person mm-hmm. um and um and uh, she wrote great uh, articles from a fan perspective she wasn't wanting to analyze the game from a you know a, a, an analytics perspective from a scouting perspective uh just what a fan felt when watching the games and and caitlin uh we were thrilled to to see caitlin uh, move on to uh, a scouting organization, and and she had uh, honed her writing skills and her appreciation of hockey while she was with us for six years. I should say that not only are we we in the me- are we in the media and publication business, but um, we have a, a kind of an academy, uh, an academic academy where where our our uh, contributors are 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 getting better. They're they're improving their skills. We have training programs. And, um, and, uh, I come from an academic background, uh, and, and you've been very good in, in, uh, providing training materials, uh, for our contributors. And so we've been always, uh, helping people to move on and to achieve their goals. And we're thrilled that, uh, we have now about 125 alums that have, uh, moved on elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a new one, a new one starting uh, their their uh, association with us. And actually, this started back in 2017. Carly, um, her handle is at skills underscore 25 on Twitter. Um, at that point, she was uh, uh, in teacher education. Now she's a, a middle school teacher. Uh, in Western Canada, and uh, she's at a point of her. Uh, she she contributed some guest articles three four years ago, and she's at a point where she wants to now use um, her writing um, as a teaching tool within her uh, classroom, and it's something that we embrace. Um, and uh, so Carly has come on board as a staff writer, 
will be fulfilling that that uh, that role as presenting articles from a fan perspective, as well as using it uh, in her classroom. And we think it's a it's a great fit, and we're happy to have her aboard. Absolutely. So welcome aboard, Carly. We can't wait to uh, to to read all of the great content we know that you're going to be producing. And uh, we encourage all of our fans and followers to follow her on Twitter as well. And uh, be sure to read her articles when they come out. Uh, that is going to do it for us today. We've got uh, games on the schedule on the slate for tonight. So we've uh, we've got a Flyers game coming up tonight. We've got a Habs game coming up tomorrow night in Vancouver. Uh, you know that we are on the task, so be sure you're following along all week long, and you can guarantee that we will be right back here again next Tuesday for another excellent episode of the Press Zone with all of the latest hockey happenings from the last week about the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here again next week. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.